Hi, my name is Jonathan. I am one of the pastors here at Heights, and we're so glad that you found us online. You know, at Heights, it is our desire to love and lead all people to a new life with Christ. And one of the ways that we strive to do that is by posting weekly content at all of the places on Facebook and on YouTube, on Instagram. We even have our own website where we're constantly posting things as well. If you're checking us out for the first time, you can go to heightschurch.org connect and let us know that you found us. And once again, we're so glad that you're here. If you have a Bible with you this morning, you're going to access either a paper copy or an electronic copy. I'm going to invite you to turn to Psalm 42. Uh, so Psalm 42 is where we'll be this morning. And we're going to look at uh, probably a familiar psalm to some of you. Uh, for some of you, that may be a new song, and, and that is uh, totally okay. We're going to look at Psalm 42 this morning. And when you have found that, either electronically or in your paper Bible, I'm going to invite you to stand as we honor God in the reading of His Word. And uh, if you don't mind standing there, if you're a guest with us, new with us, uh, when we read the Word of God uh, publicly, uh, we like to stand in acknowledgement of His Word, uh, recognizing that it is the Word of God. The psalmist writes in Psalm 42, As a deer pants for flowing streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I poured out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in the procession of the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, but therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan, of Hermon, and from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. At all your breakers and your waves, they've gone over me. Verse 8, the psalmist says, By day the Lord commands His steadfast love, and at night His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Verse 10, he says, As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. And while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God, and we recognize this as the Word of God that He has given to us so we may continue to worship Him, and you may be seated. Pastor Matt said this earlier, we are in a series called A Journey to Healing, and why we are in this series is because oftentimes we look a lot at our spiritual health, which, which we ought to. We ought to think about our spiritual health as disciples of Jesus and kind of do checkups of where we are and, and where we may need to grow. We, we you know, put a lot of emphasis and focuses in all our lives on our physical health, what we should eat, how we should work out our blood pressure and cholesterol levels, and we should do that as well. But there's a neglected part among many of us that we don't stop and think about and focus on and work on sometimes as we work on our spiritual health, which we should and our physical health as we should, but it's our mental health. 
lot of times we don't think about our mental health as, as Christians because we are good Texans, right? And as good Texans, we don't like those feelings that we have to talk about. And, and when we start feeling things we don't understand, we just pull our boots up a little taller and we put our chest out a little bit more and we rough it out, right? And so for that, we got to stop and think that that's not the way God has designed us. God has designed us to where he cares about our mental health and our physical health and our spiritual health. And so we're, we're looking at this series through the month of September talking about our mental health and looking at how we can find hope and help in Jesus and his word. And what we've also done for you this, uh, this, this month, and we've got it on the screen for you, is on our website, if you go to heightschurch.org and you click that resource tab, uh, there's going to be some books that we re recommend for you. Uh, as you scroll down on that, there will also be some counseling centers that we recommend to you as well. Uh, we recommend the Sagemont Counseling Center for you. If you let them know that you're with Heights Baptist Church, there is a discount for those services as well. So we are trying to encourage you to say that it is okay to say, hey, I need help. I need somebody to talk to. I'm right now mentally, uh, there's some things just going on in my life I, I need some help with. And that's perfectly okay because that's why God has put us in a, a body of believers. Uh, that's why he has put us in a church to be able to find that help and hope uh, in Jesus and to come alongside of each other and support each other and encourage each other. Because when you stop and think about mental health and, 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 and you know, mental issues and mental disabilities and, and all the anxieties and things we deal with, those aren't new problems. You know, when I read Psalm 42 this morning to you, there's some of you that Psalm 42, it resonates with. And that psalm resonates because you see the psalmist in his life, he is dealing with discouragement and he's also dealing with depression. And it, just those two words right there landed with some of you. I mean, those two words of discouragement and depression, it just hits your heart right there. And you say, hey, maybe that's me this morning. And you see in the psalmist, there's two issues he's dealing with. And we need to understand where he is kind of mentally because of these two issues. The first issue is in verse 4, if you look at that again, that he's cut off uh, from the people of God in his life. So verse 4 is letting us know that there is an issue within his life that he is not able uh, to attend the temple worship. And so he's cut off from the people of God being in the presence of God. Verse 10 uh, is his other issue he's dealing with, and that's friends in his life, people in his life that are taunting him, some enemies, some people that are coming alongside of him and saying, wait a minute, why are you struggling? What's going on? I thought you worship God. You know, so they're coming alongside and saying, hey, if you're a God worshiper, you shouldn't have all these problems. Where is your God? And for some of you this morning, you've got some of those people in your ear right now. Whether you're a student or you're an adult, you, you've got that family member. You've got that friend in your ear, that coworker, who's constantly picking, nagging, coming at you. Wait a minute, if you're having these issues, you must be doing something wrong. You must not really be a Christian. God must not really exist in your life because where is your God right now? And so the psalmist here is writing a song. And that's what I love about the psalms. Psalms are actually songs that were sung corporately. These are songs that were sung in worship. But what I love about Psalm 42 
is Psalm 42 is instructive. So not only is it a song to be sung in worship, but it's a psalm that is instructing us to do something. It's a psalm that when we dig into, you're going to see the psalmist saying, here's what to do when you feel discouraged. Here's what to do when you are battling depression. So we pick up in Psalm 42, and in verses 1 through 3, we see this past loss that this psalmist has had. We've identified the problem in verse 4 that he's no longer able to attend the, the temple worship to be in the presence of God with the people of God. And notice the, the, the kind of outpouring pain that this psalmist has. In verse 1, he says, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul is panting for you. Verse 2, my soul thirsts for you, God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before you? Notice, Lord, my, my, I'm panting, right? I'm, I'm longing for you. That, that panting there, it's not pointing us to a physical activity, but something that's happening on the inside of him. There's this desperation, this desire to want to be in the presence of God, with the people of God. And as disciples of Jesus, that should always be our longing. We're always longing for the Lord. <laughs> I want to be with the Lord in His presence. And I want to be with the people of God in the Lord's presence. This is why we place an importance on corporate worship together. And I always say it this way. If you can miss church consistently and not have any desire to be back, there's something wrong there. Right? I know we're going to miss at times for other life issues, but if you check out from being with the people of God and you're not missing being with people in God's presence, then there's something missing in your life. There's something you need to put in check. And the psalmist here is saying, gosh, I've got this longing to be with God's people in his presence, this desire and for all of us, that's why we say we want to love people. We want to lead people to Jesus because it's Jesus that fulfills that desire. It's Christ who says, you thirst spiritually. Well, you come to me because I'm your living water. You're, you're hungry spiritually. You, you come to me because I'm your bread. I'm your food. I'm the one that fills that longing and craving in your life that you're desperate for. But did you notice also the psalmist, as he's dealing with this problem, he shows us his emotion in verse 3. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Have you ever experienced such emotional pain? that physically it affected you. And that, that's the psalmist here. I've made a meal out of my tears. When was that in your life? When was it that something happened that it emotionally affected you to where physically you couldn't do day-to-day -day functions? Was it the news of a miscarriage? Was it the death of a spouse? Was it the tragic loss of a friend? What, what was that moment in your life that hit you, that affected you, to where now it upsets you so much you can say yes with the psalmist, my tears 
or my food in that season. How did that make you feel in that moment? What was going through your mind and, and your spirit and your soul? Can you align with the psalmist this morning and say, yes, I've been there in that moment? Because notice the instruction that he now gives us. Because he's saying you, you don't have to stay in that moment. You don't have to stay in that discouragement. You don't have to stay in that depression. There's, there's some steps that you can take. And I want you to know the instruction he gives us. Look at that first action there in verse 5. Is he says, hope in God. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. So when you and I get into these seasons of discouragement and depression, that as disciples of Jesus, we need to refocus our moment and our, our pain upon hope in God. Now, when we say hope, I know that's a loaded term because we, we throw hope around in so many different ways. Sometimes I explain hope as we often operate with a hope-so type of hope. Right? A, a hope so type of hope means that you've got a hope for something that you can't control the variables. You can't control the outcome. For instance, the Texans are playing the Colts today in their opening season game. So Texans fans are out there like, man, I hope we win. Right? I hope we win. Right? Well, we have no control over whether or not the Texans win. You know, you, you may go into work and say, boy, I, I hope I get a raise. Or, you know, I, I hope I'm going to get this new job. I mean, those are, those are variables of things that you always cannot control. It's not a settled hope. It's not a fixed hope. But the hope that we see biblically, right? So the hope that you see in the Bible, the hope you see in verse 5, is a hope that is settled on an outcome. So it's a hope that is an expression of the certainty of an outcome. So when biblically I am hoping in something, then I am expressing an action in my life that is fixed as something certain is going to happen. And in verse 5, in the Hebrew, the word hope is actually the verb. It's the, Hebrew, it's the verb in the Hebrew verse. So this is not an attitude that the psalmist has. All right, well, I just hope I'm going to get better. I hope I'm going to feel better. No, this is an action that he's taking. I am hoping. I am placing all my hope and trust in the Lord, knowing he's going to change the circumstance. Because what is the certainty of the outcome of the event that he is placing his certain hope on? What does the verse say in verse 5? For I hope in God, for I shall again praise him. Love the way the NIV says it. Put hope in God. And the certainty of the event is one day I'm going to be back in his presence. One day I'm going to be back in the temple. And so for you and I, when we're battling mental health issues, we're battling depression, we're battling discouragement, we're battling all those things. We have to put our certainty and hope that one day God will lift the darkness. That one day it will get better. And let me, let me just stop and say this right here as well. That it's okay to go talk to somebody about that. And maybe there's some time you need some professional counseling. 
You, you need a friend that you can come alongside of and, and talk to. Don't feel like you need to bear that burden and that problem alone. You seek out a trusted friend. You seek out a counselor that can walk biblically with you and alongside of you as you're putting your hope on God in that moment. But notice also a second action. And you see the second action that he instructs us to do in verse 6. He says that I'm going to remember the God. You know, I'm going to remember God. He says, and so my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. So I, I'm going to put my hope in God, but I'm also going to remember God. Right? So what happens is a lot of times when we get into our, our problems and our issues of life and we're discouraged and we're depressed and we're anxious and we're worried and, and all these things around us are for, you know, just weighing us down that we tend to forget God. And I said it this way last week, and I'll remind you of it, that when your problem becomes bigger than the God you worship, then you lose hope in Him. But when I remember Him, and I remember how big this God is that we worship, and how powerful and strong and mighty that He is, then that problem begins to decrease. And my worship and my love and my trust of this magnificent, powerful, marvelous God increases. So maybe you and I need to do this exercise a little bit more often. But in my prayer time, a lot of times when I'm worried, I'm discouraged, there's something I'm dealing with that's greater than me, is when I'm praying, I'll start recounting Bible stories in that prayer. Dear God, and remind me today that you're the God who spoke everything into existence. And God, remind me today that as the people of Israel stood on the banks of the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was closing in on them and they had nowhere to go, you're the God that parted the Red Sea. Remind me, God, that you're the God that in the battle of Ai, in the book of Joshua, you made the sun stand still so the Israelites could win that battle. God, remember and remind me that you're the God that as Elijah stood on Mount Carmel and called down fire from heaven, that you're the God that answered that prayer. God, remind me that you're the God that raised Lazarus from the dead. Remind me you're the God that raised Jesus from the dead. Remind me that you're the God that said, if, if you place my, your faith and trust in you, not only do you have a future with me, but you have a present with me today. And if I trust God with my future to take me to heaven, then I can trust him with today in my problems. Amen? So just stop and remember who God is. And start going back to those Bible stories that some of you know and, and things that you know of Scripture and think about how God has helped you in your life and seen you through past troubles because He's with you in the present troubles as well. So let's turn as we look at what has affected the psalmist and he gives us instructions on how to hope in God, how to remember God, but we need to put our, our problems also in proper perspective. We need to put them in proper perspective. And so look at the present trouble of the psalmist. The present trouble of the psalmist is found in verse 10 again. As he says, With the deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? The present problem of the psalmist was there were people in his ear that he was allowing to be in his ear, 
that were telling them unbiblical truths in that problem. He was causing him to doubt the presence and the power of God in his life. And for some of you, again, you've got those people. And you need to figure out a way to define that relationship out better. And you maybe need to look in your, that person's life and say, listen, you don't have access to me to say that. That, that you, you, you're, you're right now being too much of a negative influence for me. Because I, I don't need that. I'm going to focus on the Lord. And you may need to have a long talk with a friend, a coworker, someone in your life. That's just got it, your ear where they don't need to have your ear and your attention when it comes to those things. Because this adversaries, these people, are literally being used by Satan in these moments to taunt this psalmist who's dealing with discouragement, who's dealing with depression. But I love what the psalmist does because he puts it all in perspective in his problems. Look in verse 7. And this is another exercise where you and I need to do, because he says here, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, at all your breakers, in all your waves, they've gone over me. Now, if you underline in your Bible or, you know, star some things, I'm going to encourage you in verse 7 to do this. Underline or circle in verse 7, your waterfalls, your waves, they've gone over me. See, when you and I have problems in our lives and we're discouraged and we're depressed and there's things weighing us down, we need to keep proper perspective on who's really in control. See, everything that is good and everything that is bad that will happen in your life does not come from the hand of a foreign god. I'm going to say that again in case you miss it. Everything that is good that happens to you and everything that is bad that happens to you does not come from the hand of of a foreign God. Doesn't come from the hand of another God. What the psalmist is saying, and you and I need to remember, is God is in full control of our goods and our bads. The psalmist is saying in verse 7, your waterfalls, your waves, they've crashed over me. But notice as he's saying that, within the same breath, he's praising God in verse 8, and he's saying, day by day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And night by night, his song is within me. So the psalmist is recognizing something you and I need to remember. All of our goods and all of our bads do not come from the hand of a foreign God. They come from the God of the Bible. I love what John Calvin, the great reformer, once said. He said, Lord, I feel like your hand is crushing me, but I am glad that it is your hand. What I feel like your hand is crushing me, but I am glad it is your hand. See, when you and I go through these issues in life, the depressions, the, the mental you know, health issues, the discouragement, the pains that we carry, we have to recognize and remember God is always there. That, that God is always with us. God hasn't abandoned us. God hasn't left us. And so if you've got a Bible still open, I'm going to encourage you just turn real quickly to Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8, I want to remind you of, of some verses that are just dear to my heart because they help me in these moments of pain. They help me in moments of trouble. They help me in moments of like we, you and I do sometimes going, God, where have you gone? God, what are you doing? Romans 8 verse 31, I'm going to read on down. Paul says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave us, uh, gave us up all, uh, how, how will he not also with us give us graciously all things? Verse 33, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? who indeed is interceding for us. Notice that verse 34. Again, underline, circle that. Right now, Christ is interceding for you in heaven. So in the moment of darkness that you have in your soul, in the moment of pain you're feeling physically, in the discouragement, in the depression, it is Christ who is actively interceding on your behalf. Verse 35. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are all being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be the slaughter. Verse 37, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Stop right there. and Look right here. You're a conqueror today in Christ Jesus. It might not feel that way at the moment, but put that problem in proper perspective. You have a Savior that is interceding for you. You have a Savior who's died for you. You have a Savior who's risen from the grave for you. And He says, right now, you're a conqueror. Right now, None of these things are going to separate you from me because we have conquered it together. And I love verse 38. So he, he just wraps it all up. So he says, For I'm neither sure that you know, death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation. Things we go through physically, things we go through spiritually, things we go through mentally. None of those things. We'll be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's good news for us today. Even when the darkness seems to not be lifting, God is still at work. It's December 17th, 1927. There was an S-4 submarine that was off the coast of New England and they were out doing kind of maneuvers and, and practicing. And uh, there was a tragic accident where a Coast Guard ship ran into this S-4 submarine. And the submarine sank very, very quickly down to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. All the men and sailors aboard that S-4 submarine died except six men. Rescue boats and divers got on the scene as quickly as they possibly could. And as the divers got down as close as they could to the, that submarine, they started, they started hearing a, a tapping on the inside of the hull. There's these six men. And they were tapping out in Morse code this message. Is there any hope? Is there any hope? 
hope. Trapped in the dark waters of the Atlantic Ocean, in the submarine, all your crewmates have already passed away. You're the last six. You're hoping that help is on the way. Is there any hope? You might be in that darkness this morning. Right now, your soul is dark. Your mind is dark. And on the inside of your soul, it's tapping. Is there any hope? Yes, there's hope. It's to be found in a man by the name of Jesus. That it is through faith in Christ, through hope in Jesus, the certainty of the outcome of that event that you're going through today is that one day you shall praise Him again. Just as the psalmist said. I want to thank you so much for watching today's message. And just want to ask you an important question. And it's essentially this. Have you made a decision in your life to follow Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life? You know, there's a man in the Bible one time that came up to Christ and said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And maybe today you're sitting there thinking that exact same thing. I know I have a lot of things in my life, but I'm not sure I have eternal life. I'm not sure I have the forgiveness of my sin that's promised by Jesus in the Bible. And Christ told that man, you have to follow me. And so that's what the Bible tells us, that in order to be saved, we follow Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives. And to follow Him means this, we trust Him. By faith, we're trusting in the person and work of Jesus Christ. By faith, we're trusting in His death, burial, and resurrection from the grave for the forgiveness of our sin. And so in order to start that relationship, place your trust and faith in Christ. I know a lot of people maybe overcomplicate it, but the Bible says what you do is pray. Just call out to the Lord. Romans 10, 13 says, For whoever calls out the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I just want to encourage you right now where you are, if you're ready to begin a relationship with Christ, you can simply just bow your head and pray with me. Say, Dear God, I'm ready today to follow Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. By faith, I trust in His death, burial, and resurrection. God, thank you for saving me from my sins and giving me eternal life with you. I want to invite you, if you've prayed that prayer with me, to let us know. You can go to heightschurch.org connect. And there on that connect page, you're going to see a little tab that says decision. You click that decision, fill out that information. That's going to come right to me and we'll be in touch with you no matter where you are because our mission here at Heights is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. So we want to just help you take that next step of faith. So go to heightschurch.org slash connect, click that decision button, and let us know that today you began a relationship with Christ. Till we see each other again, God bless.